Well, 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 welcome guys to season three of Financially Savvy Girl podcast with your girl, Aki. We are already here, season three, episode 16 of the entire podcast. I'm super excited to be back and airing and, um, you know, I think it's really needed in a time such as now. Uh, so I have a guest speaker on this episode and I there's so much knowledge and wealth Uh, that you can transfer into your personal finance and your investments uh, that you will get from this uh, episode. And I'm super excited. The guest speaker is uh, Alfonso Quadra, who is a real estate investor, serial real estate investor. He was homeless at the age of 15, came here as a refugee, homeless at the age of 15. By the age of 17, he was a teenage father. And 24 years after that, you fast forward, he is now a serial real estate investor. He has multiple sources of income. He, he, uh, he's um, founder and director of multiple businesses, and he has such a huge real estate portfolio, which includes a lot of multifamily unit, apartment buildings, and whatnot. And he's just the perfect person to talk about real estate investment navigating through COVID-19. And that's why I wanted to have him here. He was a business owner and investor back in 9-11. And so he went through that. He was a business owner and investor back in 2008, 2009. So he navigated through that. And he remains a business owner and investor as we navigate through 2020. So there's so much knowledge that he can share with the listeners. And I really wanted to have him here so that you can transfer some of that knowledge into your personal finance. Because this is, after all, the Financially Savvy Girl podcast, where we provide financial intelligence for your personal financial growth. Okay, guys, so it's 2020. And let's just be honest, it has been an interesting year so far. I mean, we have had a weird year. We started the year with Kobe Bryant and eight other people dying in a helicopter crash at the end of January and ended the first quarter of the year with COVID-19 pandemic, causing all of us to be in social isolation, either working from home, caring for loved ones who are sick as a result of this, or some people are even losing their jobs and their livelihood. This is a global pandemic. The entire world is affected. We're seeing a market crash. Stimulus packages are being released by government officials across the globe. And people are frankly sitting there wondering what to do in their personal finance, including in real estate. You know, so it's kind of like this fine line where uh, you're sort of between uh, not wanting to allow fear of this pandemic cripple you from really benefiting and seeing the economic opportunity that it provides to all of us. Uh, So the market has crashed and some banks' interest rates are also at their lowest. So this is why I really, really wanted to kick off this season by inviting a guest speaker, a serial real estate investor, none other than Alfonso Quadra to help everyday investors like you and I navigate through financial intelligence through COVID-19. 
So welcome, welcome to the Financially Savvy Girl podcast, Alfonso. Well, thank you for having me. I didn't know I was a financially savvy girl, but... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the inner circle. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> thank you, Aki. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. I am excited to, to provide this type of information to your audience. Thank you so much, Alfonso. And before we dive further into our discussions, please allow me to properly introduce you. So guys, Alfonso is a dynamic leader who is absolutely passionate about sharing his story and inspiring others to create the life they want and never give up on their dreams. He truly is the business in the business of changing lives and has a special gift in his ability to connect people and move them forward. He's the president and CEO of the Quadra Group uh, of Companies, founders of the Quadra Youth Foundation, a real estate investor with 20 plus years experience. He has shared his stories with thousands of audiences around the world. He is a devoted father of two girls, respected entrepreneur, professional speaker, TV host, successful coach, author. I am running out of breath, just <laughs> the, the amount of experience that he has. But you know what? There's more. So let's just go on with it, right? So he's featured in the Reader's Digest, which did a seven-page profile that was published in 16 different countries in five different languages. He's a TV host. He's a producer of two Rogers TV channel. 22 shows called Success by Design Show and Ottawa Expert. He is also author of the book, From the Ground Up, You're Three Steps Away from Living the Life of Your Dreams. You can pick that up on Amazon, guys. An award-winning business and real estate investor, uh, educator, trainer, coach, mentor to thousands of students across in the U.S. and Canada. Alfonso believes that with the right mindset, anyone can take advantage and charge of their life and design their own success. He is also, guys, one of my mentors and a scheduled speaker at the upcoming Financially Savvy Girl event, Level Up Your Personal Finance, that had to be- That's proposed. right, that's right. So I cannot wait, looking forward to it. Alfonso, I am so excited, it is such an honor and pleasure to have you on the podcast. So welcome, welcome. It's my pleasure, Aki, my pleasure. <laughs> so Alfonso, essentially on this episode, I'm hoping that we can transfer people's fear into faith by providing financial intelligence in their real estate journey through COVID-19. And I can't think of someone better to do that but you. So um, I know that you have over 20 years of experience in real estate investment. Um, I know that at some point in your life, you had essentially nothing. So can you just start by telling us about that? The journey up. Yeah, so um, I'll give you a, a little bit of uh, a glimpse into my story. I, was, uh, I came here as a refugee from El Salvador. I, in fact, I was in two civil wars. Um, had a, uh, issues integrating into school growing up uh, as a refugee here in Canada. And uh, ultimately got frustrated, dropped out of high school, became homeless at 15 years old. And I had a life-changing moment at 17 where I became uh, a father. And uh, that, that little girl uh, transformed me, changed my life. 
allowed me to to look at myself instead of blaming other people for my problems. I yeah, looked back at, into, at myself and I took responsibility over my own life. And at 17, I started a company that was 24 years ago. I started a company and uh, by the time I was 21, that company was grossing in the millions with locations across Canada. And later on, I, uh, I got into, uh, in my early 20s at 21, I, I got into my first uh, property where I discovered the power of real estate in this idea of having uh, an asset class that, that's indestructible. And uh, having gone through this uh, C-19, now I realize uh, the power of that in, in its full form. Um, so I was, an, I was also an investor and in a, in a business owner during 9-11. I was a, an investor and a business owner during uh, 2008. And I remember the feeling before and I remember the feeling afterwards. And I, I know that life was never, you know, from looking back, life was never the same again. Right. And this is a similar type of feeling when there's this dark cloud over us and it almost feels hopeless. But I'm here to tell you, Akeen, I'm here to tell your audience that we will get out of this. I mean, this is going to pass. This is going to be... This is going to be sometime, at some time in the in the near future. This will be in the past. The question is, how are you going to look like at the other side? Are you going to be someone that thrived during this time, or are you stagnant, or are you going to be worse off than you were when when before this even started? Well, that is so true, and such valuable information. And, you know, just if we can just wheel back a little bit, I had no idea that you were homeless in your teenage years. That is, it's crazy. I mean, for those who don't quite know, Alfonso, before I even make further comments on that, can you just let us know as far as the wealth of your investment today, you know, like just in a ballpark, how many properties would you say that today, just 24 years or so after um, how many properties do you own or, you know, just what are the different sources of income that you yeah, have? So, uh, I have 11 different companies. All, all of my companies gross in the, in the millions. I have a portfolio across Canada, a real estate portfolio of multifamily apartment buildings. And so we're, we're, uh, closing in on 500 doors. Our goal, our next, uh, five year goal is to, to get to, 7,500 doors, and uh, which seems ambitious, but my 10-year goal is to get to 75,000. Wow, that's uh, that's insane, and I want to say unreal, but certainly it is real because look what you've been able to do just in 24 years, from being homeless to having multiple properties to having multiple companies and multiple sources of income. That. That is the true dream of an entrepreneur, and you're such an inspiration. You know, I was just speaking to someone earlier, and I was saying that, you know, if this was a time machine, like if COVID-19, you know, today was a time machine allowing us to look back at 2020, the market crash, you know, what do we wish or what do you the listener wish that you had done in 2020 that you might regret having not done years from now you know and so when you talk about having lived through 9 11 as an investor in a business 
and uh, the dark clouds uh, around that and having lived through 2008 and 2009 as the dark cloud around those period of time, the market crash, and you were an investor and you were a business owner. You know, if we were in a time machine right now in this podcast episode and we're listening to this or watching this, um, you know, what would you want to tell people about 2020 from an investor, a real estate investor perspective, what they can do today so that they don't have regrets about it tomorrow? This, the, the moment this, ha- and, and by the way, um, investors knew this was about, there was, there was going to be something like this. We were due for another correction in the market. Right. And so uh, it doesn't come as a surprise how it came about. I think it was a little bit forced onto us. And uh, <laughs> never would I ever, ever, even in my wildest dreams, imagined uh, something like what happened. I mean, it feels, doesn't it feel like we're in a movie? It really does. It really does. <laughs> and I don't even want to name the movie <coughs> Contagious. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it keeps popping up on my Netflix recommended for me to watch. I'm like, I am not watching that movie. <laughs> Alfonso, I caved in one night at like 10 p.m. Everyone was in bed. And I said, you know what? I'm not a big fan of like turning on Netflix <laughs> during yeah. the day, but it's night. Everyone is sleeping. Let me turn this on. I turned it on. I watched this movie and I had chills. But anyways, <laughs> I'll just let you watch it yourself and you tell me to remind you of anything. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I can't help to think about 2008. Uh, right. And uh, what I was doing now, I, I did take, uh, uh, I did take, um, I did take I did take action in 2008, and the reason I took action because I remembered all the opportunities that I missed in uh, during 20, uh, 9/11. Now, of course, all these things are 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 things that are, are unfortunate in the marketplace. They're unfortunate. People actually died, lost their lives, and so I want to make sure that we're sympathetic to that. And uh, you know, we're not we're not telling people to take advantage of people while they're down. But the truth is, there's going to be opportunities as a result of what's happening. And all you need to do is just be in a position where you can capture these opportunities. So I keep going back to 2008. And I keep asking myself, what would I have done differently, knowing now in hindsight, exactly what happened and how everything unfolded, because it seems and it feels very similar. And even though the the circumstances the circumstances are different, but it, the, 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 the overwhelming feeling of the stock market and then following, uh, uh, following the, I mean, real estate always has a lag. And so um, it, it has a very similar uh, feeling to it. And right. I think n- nothing will ever be the same again. Now, uh, 2020, at the very beginning, when all this started, you know, people uh, tend to panic and I'm not here to tell anybody not to worry because I know you're going to worry and, and, and that's normal. That's a, a human uh, reaction. Now, what I do tell people is, you know, if you want to be able to capture the opportunities, there is going to be a process and I'm going to give you, you know, three different steps that you're going to follow. For example, the very first thing that you need to do 
is stand in your truth. And I've been telling uh, people this for a very long time. Um, you are going to have to change the way you live a little bit, right? What are the things that you can cut out of your life right now? What are expenses that you can cut? What are things that are not necessary? Uh, and pretty much standing in your truth just, mean, it just means accepting that it is what it is. It doesn't matter that we overreacted or underreacted. It doesn't matter who's the politician in office, who's in charge. They're making the wrong decisions. Right, right. I mean, all these things are out of our hands. You can't control any of it. The only thing you can control is yourself. Exactly. That's, that's it. And so you have to stand in your truth and accept that this is the circumstance. And guess what, uh, Aki? No one's better off. I mean, the same wind blows on us all, right? There's not, you know, if your neighbor down the street is not better off. We're all in the same situation. The only difference is how are you going to be able to capture the opportunities that are coming? So first, stand in your truth and figure out what can you cut? What are the moves? Don't wait. Don't put your head in the sand. Uh, you have a responsibility to your family. Uh, if you're an investor, to your, to, to your investors or to right. your employees. I mean, you have to make decisions. And these are going to be some of the toughest decisions that you'll ever have to make in your life. But you have to make those decisions. Number two, 2020. Okay, so before you go to number two, let me just make sure that we, we capture that. So standing your truth is number one, and that's pretty much where you accept the status quo. You know what? Here we are. COVID-19 is here. Things have changed. The market has changed. Uh, the way we work has changed. Uh, income may change. Certain things have changed in your life, and you need to like pretty much accept the fact that things have changed and look at what is your current reality situation. Would you agree with that? That's standing yep, your truth? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, there's a lot of people I get, I get the call and I'm, and I spent like 10 minutes talking about, you know, what they lost in the stock market. You know, my, I lost, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. It is what it is. I mean, you're not better off than anybody else. I mean, or you're not worse off than anybody else. At the end of the day, accept it, move on. Okay. So that's stand in your truth. Stand in your truth. Yeah. Number two is now you got to go into building relationship mode. Right. This is a great opportunity to uh, solidify connections, uh, connect with people that now you have their, your, your, now you have their undivided attention. Uh, podcasts like you're doing here, Aki. Right. Uh, this, Great way to connect with people. Invite someone. Uh, uh, I mean, this is a this is a time where people are sitting at home and probably don't have very much to do. It's a great time for you to get high level people on your podcast or just on a Zoom conversation or you know just build those relationships with key people that are going to be uh, you know beneficial to you later on. Things that you were supposed to be doing anyways but you never had time to do, right? So this is a time to build relationships, uh, solidify relationships. And it's not in a, in, 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 you're not trying to create a transaction. It's just like reaching out to people, you know, your family, friends, uh, you know, key people in your life. Hey, how you doing? How's it going? Clients, uh, customers, investors, family members, uh, employees. It really doesn't matter. Tenants. Um, 
build those relationships because they're going to be uh, valuable later on. Okay, so, so building relationship, that's number two. And you've given us some examples. I, my next question would have been, who are, you know, from a real estate investor perspective and others who are aspiring to be real estate investor, who are key people uh, that you oh. would say? Um, in, you know, in that bubble. So you've mentioned clients, you've mentioned customers, investors, and tenants. Anyone else that you would say could be considered like a key person as a real estate investor? I would say your investors. So if you were in a position where you are a management, a managing partner, where you are putting together deals, you're syndicating deals, and you're raising money, this is the perfect opportunity to start getting out there, communicating, uh, you know, someone that is, uh, has a high net worth, uh, bef- a month ago, they didn't have any time available to get on a phone call with you or on a Zoom call with you. Right. Now people have time. Reach out to those high net worth individuals and not trying to create a transaction, but just to, to, to make a friend and see how someone else is doing because this is a time to solidify those relationships. Remember, we're the average uh, sum of the five people we spend the most time with. Right. This, is the, this is the time to take inventory on the people you're spending time with and now um, you know, cho- have, choose your peers, the, the new people you're going to be spending time with. And this is a huge turning point for a lot of people because we're headed into the biggest wealth transfer that mankind has ever seen right so in the next five to ten years wealth will transfer will change hands is what i mean and uh, you you're you're going to be a different person if you're able to capture these opportunities so number two is you know build those relationships and number three is be ready get yourself ready to to take advantage of the opportunities so you can capture the opportunities that are coming your way. What does that mean? Get ready. Make sure you are in a cash position, right? Um, the right now you said it, re, uh, real estate uh, interest rates have gone down and they're going to continue to go down. We will see negative interest rates right here in Canada. Great time to uh, refi your property or your existing properties and just have money sitting there so when the time comes, you're ready to take, uh, you're ready to take on that opportunity. Exactly, exactly. It, um, being, being ready means, you know what, maybe, you're, um, maybe you don't have access to cash, but what about the credit? Maybe you can uh, you know, call your, 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 your uh, credit companies and say, listen, can you, uh, you know, can you um, like extend that line of credit? Yeah. yeah, extend that line of credit so you can be ready and have something there. If, if you see an opportunity, you have the cash right there. Of course, we're not talking about using these lines of credits or any type of uh, credit card, which I happen to call investment cards, uh, to buy stuff and, and toilet paper or what have you. I know toilet paper is important and I'm not judging anybody, but, uh, you know, the credit should be used in order to invest. That's rule number one. And so be ready. You're better off being ready and not getting the opportunity than getting the opportunity and not being ready. 
Okay. So essentially, when you talk about the be ready and the credit cards and whatnot, and refinancing, um, you know, as far as the credit card, you know, I always tell my, I know my uh, viewers know that I'm not a huge fan of uh, high interest uh, debt and people carrying it over, but there is such thing as uh, leveraging debt for investment purposes. And that's completely different. Obviously, we're not talking about people uh, like uh, Alfonso said, you know, increasing the credit limit and out of fear going on Amazon and buying everything to just stack up their home or buy more uh, paper to uh, towel, you know, or pa toilet paper or whatever it may be. We're not judging, Akeem. We're not, not judging. judging. But, you know, we, we, <laughs> also understand <laughs> but we also understand that fear comes with impulsive uh, behavior, right? And sometimes you just got to take a step back and realize, you know what, if I've done that, it's to put my family in a better position and what's the best thing to do uh, to leverage for that as opposed to, you know, buying all these things that just start hoarding your home, right? So I think I really like what you said there about, you know, pretty much positioning yourself and being and getting ready for when you need to uh, make that big um, so, so what are we getting ready for? I guess that's the question at this point. Okay, and, and that's a very good question. What are we getting ready for? Uh, we're we're going to be entering a time where some of the best companies are on sale. Uh, let's talk specifically about the stock market because when you enter the stock market, as Warren Buffett likes to say, you are buying a company. You're not buying a stock. Right. So I wouldn't uh, I'm not saying like, oh, get in there. I'm not trying to create a, a, a speculation. You you just have to be rational about how you invest. And, you know, and one of our the, the best and greatest investors of our lifetime, Warren Buffett, he talks about uh, investing into things that you understand. Exactly. Investing into um, companies that can stand the, the test of time. For example, I think that Mickey Mouse will stand the test of time, right? Um, and when you see a, a stock like Disney World, uh, you know, just hit rock bottom, well, we know that uh, no matter what happens, they'll, you know, even if they need a bailout, they're gonna be okay. Because Mickey's Mickey not Mouse, going anywhere. <laughs> exactly, Mickey's not going anywhere, right? <laughs> And so, and, and by the way, I wouldn't say put all your money there, but it's a great opportunity to buy a company, exactly. buy Disney World, uh, buy Bank of America. Uh, the last time I made about $85,000 in, in uh, Bank of America, 2008. So 2008 Bank of America dropped to under $2 a share when they were, where they were trading at uh, $60 a share uh, right before everything crashed. Right. And so, you know, th this is what we're talking about. Be ready for opportunities like that. Be ready for uh, the real estate to be on discount, right? What will happen, and I, had, I don't have a crystal ball, a key. Nobody really has a crystal ball, so I'm just going to speak from experience. Exactly. Um, for the most part, the second they, they, they tell us, you know what, guys, we have... Uh, what do you call it? Stop the curve, or what? What are they trying to say now? The the, the, the bell curve? No, the curve. The curve of the the the, the C nineteen. 
They want to. I, I stopped watching the news for the no, past few they, days. Yeah, so they're saying uh, there's a saying like "stop the curve" or or "slow down the curve." I can't remember. Oh yes, what, yes, yes. Okay. I can't. The, I can't uh, remember the spreading what spreading of it. it. Yes. I can't remember the expression, but uh, you know, at some point they're going to say, "Guys, you can go outside. Don't worry." Right. And so, because of all these stimulus packages, and I don't. I don't know if you've uh, you've done any research on these stimulus packages. Mm -hmm. 151 countries have been affected by the the the, the COVID-19, and as a result, everybody's gotten into gone into isolation. Uh, world uh, the world economy has pretty much come to a halt. Now, government has to step in and bail everybody out. Exactly. Now, the U.S. Uh, right now they passed a bill close to three trillion dollars. By the time they're done. A key, they're going to be at ten trillion dollars. Uh, Canada as well. We'll be, we'll hit a trillion dollars for sure. We'll hit a trillion dollars. Um, that's just us. I mean, I think for the very first time uh, in history, we're going to be kicking around the word gazillion dollars. Okay, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't doubt it for one minute that uh, 151 countries will have to take on a lot of debt to be able to get things going again right. now for the most part that's going to create a surge into the marketplace uh, people have money they've been in isolation now they see and feel the freedom and they're going to be grateful and it's going to be you know uh heaven on earth where people are going to be walking around wearing linen there's going to be uh <laughs> <hugging. laughs> I'm being very uh, cheeky right now. But sometimes, uh, you know, we need a bit of humor. I mean, it's it's so cloudy out there with all the, you know. Exactly. You got to see things in the, you know, this is what's going to happen. People are going to be excited. And, um, you know, things for the most part will go back up, right? This is going to be, it's going to be natural. It's going to be like, all of a sudden there's nothing. And then there's a surge of its spending. And then it's just going to kind of trigger everything back up. Right. Somewhere. I keep somewhere I would say before Christmas or after Christmas. Remember, I don't have a crystal ball, so I'm just speculating here based on experience and what I've seen in the past. Someone will ask the question, guys, how are we going to pay for all this? Yep. And then this is where uncertainty and everything is going to come tumbling back down. And I think it'll be the, one of the biggest recessions that, uh, well, we're, we're in a recession right now. What they're trying to avoid with the stimulus packages is the entire world going into a depression, which is horrible to say, horrible. But as you know, some of the best companies in our life, in our lifetime, have been started during recessions. Um, opportunity and wealth transfer happens during recessions. The last depression, um, you know, there were, People made, uh, you know, created and changed lives and, you know, came out of it, you know, extremely wealthy. And so the question is not whether we're going to get through this. The question is going to be to your listeners, Aki, how will you look like on the other side? Exactly, exactly. And how are you preparing yourself for the other side, right? Yes. Um, yes. You know, I, I really love what you said there. And um, I guess if you are, you know, getting ready now, from a real estate perspective, should you be looking right now 
would you say in investing on properties or should you wait for that big crush when yeah when it's there so it's a it's a good question um i believe you can make money in every phase of uh, of these cycles right so we're just cycling out is what what's happening right now it's, it's forced but it's it, it is what it is um there's an underlying uh, message here and i think uh, the viewers should know that if you think about it, we've only been um, pretty much under this isolation for two weeks. Am I, am I right, uh, Aki? Yeah, I think we're now at like week three or so. Week three. And it seems like the world is about to collapse, right, in terms of economically. Yes. And, and so that, that uh, raises another issue, liquidity, right? And so when there's no, there's no liquidity in the world, you're one paycheck away from losing everything. Yeah, that is living paycheck to people. Paycheck. Like, yeah, people are living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. That is not, that's not good news for, for, for the governments, people. That just makes us realize that we're not as liquid as we thought. And at any time, this could happen. You know the the and I'm and by the way I'm not a health es- expert whatsoever, but uh, I was I was uh, I was watching some commentary regarding uh, C19 and it could cycle back. We could be doing this again next year. It's insane, right? And so you know that uncertainty, it, 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 people just get scared and they contract, right? And and it's normal. It's normal, and so. You know, I, I want I want to make sure that our the viewers here understand that you know it's an issue of liquidity in the world because you should be able to go one or two months without uh, without uh, a paycheck or what have you. You should have uh, six months reserve, right? But no one listens to any of this, right? No one no one's thinking about all this. So going back to your question regarding real estate and what you should be doing, you need to change the strategy. Right, a lot of lenders right now, before they're lending, uh, giving mortgages. We're not talking about refining the mortgage, but if you're getting a new mortgage right now, lenders are starting to ask, "Do you have six months of mortgage payment in your bank account?" Right, right. It's, and- it's almost like it's it's a complete change because normally when I talk about your emergency fund and having three to six months of expenses saved. Uh, before doing major investment, it's almost like now lenders are realizing, hey, wait a minute, we don't want yep. all deferred mortgages. Exactly. So now we're asking people if they have a rainy fund. And that that is what they should have done in the first place. Because what happens is, you know, a situation like this, which is unfortunate, but in, in and by the way, I'm not a health expert. But if it is what they're saying it is, that we need to isolate ourselves just to, to save lives, because I'm not part of, the, I'm not part of the, the vulnerable sector, like older people or younger people. I'm pretty much, I know if I were to get um, C-19, I would probably be okay, yeah, right? We hope, right? But, yeah, but it's pretty, it's, the, the reason we're isolating is to save our grandparents, save our, our parents, uh, save the people that are vulnerable. And so the problem is 
people don't have enough funds there available to survive not even two weeks. And so that's an underlining issue that has come up, you know, has come to the forefront because of this C-19. And so now lenders are asking, uh, you know, borrowers to have, you know, at least six months of mortgage reserves, not all lenders, but a lot of lenders, which means, you know, there's, there's lack of money in the, in the, in the, in the real estate space, which creates a, a great opportunity for people right now. Cause your question is what should people do right now? Well, right now is a great opportunity. If you have the right education and you know how to put deals together, um, Right now, it's a great opportunity to go out and, and negotiate creative deals where you might have some seller financing or you can go in there with very uh, low money down because the, the, lend, the, the seller is also, also understands that it's very difficult to get a traditional mortgage. And I'm talking about multifamily, the multifamily right. space. And so... Uh, also, if you're going to get a mortgage, most the mortgages, uh, most lenders are going to require to have an appraisal done, an inspection. You can't do any of that right now. So, you know, you can navigate around the situation where the, now the seller understands what's happening. If I was selling a property right now, Aki, I would pull it off the market. Right. Because you can't no even have a quick sale, right? Because yeah, as you said, you can't have an inspection done or anything like that. So buyers can take advantage of trying to purchase something and buying themselves some time. But as is from a seller perspective, what's the advantage of putting your property on the market? There is no advantage. If I was a seller right now, I would pull my property off the market and wait it out until things go back to normal. Right. Uh, there's no point of me exposing my, my, my property to only 25% of the potential buyers because there is buyers out there, but, they're in isolation, right? Or they're scared or they don't, they don't know what's going to happen. And so there's only this 25% that's actually out there that, 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 that is buying. So I'd rather wait until, you know what, loud outside and things go, go back to normal, which they will, of course, at some point. And so if they go back to normal, that's when I would put my property on the market. So here's the opportunity. The opportunity is that the people that, have the properties on the market are people that have to sell. Yeah. And if you have to sell, this a little is, bit uh, of desperation there. Yeah. And you know what, you know, there's many reasons why somebody might be motivated, whether it's a death, divorce, disease, or disaster. Life still happens. We forgot about uh, all the other problems that the world has because of this COVID-19. But guess what? life is happening there's divorces right now happening people are in desperate need to sell their property and you are not in a position to take advantage but you can be in a position to help someone and relieve them of that responsibility and it gives a bit more leverage as well for 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 the buyer right Absolutely. Yeah. it's not yeah. about taking advantage but you know it's not often in especially in the market that we just had just a couple of weeks, months ago, it hasn't been a buyer's market. So having now created some opportunity for buyers to have some leverage 
in the current market, you know, when it comes to real estate, I mean, that's still exciting. You know, it's not about taking advantage okay. of people, but um, I'm glad that buyers are at least put in a better position right now. Um, yeah. And I put an offer in yesterday on an 18 unit uh, apartment building, amazing. which is, that's pretty much, that's my, uh, that's my MO. Like, uh, you know, for your audience, if uh, we didn't talk about it, I, I pretty much, uh, my focus is on apartment buildings. Uh, I like the multifamily space. Right. So uh, I put in an offer, 90% seller financing, meaning the, the seller is going to take on 90% of the financing instead of me going to a traditional bank, you know, going through qualifications, this and the other thing. Now I'm, I'm in a position where I can help the seller seller's property, but I'm going to need these specific conditions and not because I'm trying to be mean, because that's what the market di dictates. That's amazing. And definitely, Alfonso, we need to talk. Yeah. It's a great, <laughs> it's a great deal. 90%? Yeah. That's yes. insane. So yes. yeah, that's, that's amazing. Uh, okay. So definitely, you know, if you're a seller, unless you have to sell, uh, it may not be the best time for you to put your property in the market. If you're a buyer, there's some leveraging that you can do. Uh, and if you have done those steps that Alfonso has said, you know, essentially you've accepted um, the status quo, you have, you're taking your time during this period to build relationship and to be ready, then you can really leverage from this sort of turnaround in the market where buyers now have a bit more uh, sort of a opportunity than, than sellers would have. So that is absolutely amazing and great information. Um, Alfonso, I guess my next question for you is, you know, some of us are landlords, right? And uh, what advice would you have? And you are uh, this guru landlord with multiple uh, units and multiple properties. You know, it, it's it's also a very um, uh, sort of um, unpredictable time for landlord, uh, yeah. where you know we've heard even some government official make certain statements that could motivate. <laughs> Uh, tenants. We'll leave mm -hmm. it at that. Uh, but what are some of the things that you can uh, do during this time as a landlord to help mitigate rental income loss? Well, um, let's start with before, before we got into this. So I've been in the education space and training, uh, been training uh, people on real estate for the past 14 years. And I have a very set formula that I share with my students and that formula is very, very conservative. And for the most part, uh, sometimes people uh, pushed against it because they're like, well, the property is going to go up in value and uh, you know, I don't need to have, you know, repairs and maintenance or, or, or uh, a vacancy allowance, things that, you know, for the most part, you know, I would say that speculation you always, at the end of the day, want to make sure your your formula is intact. Another part of my my teachings were the idea that the the single door, the single family door, uh, was you know having that one door, that single family, is one of the worst investments because if that person moves out or for whatever reason they can't pay, you are now one hundred percent vacant or you have zero income coming in from that particular property. Exactly. So exactly. I would try to push people towards multifamily so that you have 
multiple choices, uh, multiple different uh, areas where money could come in. Right. Um, and then, and then uh, ultimately, I would try to steer people to invest into multifamily apartment buildings. Uh, I stay away from retail space. I stay away, stay away from Airbnb. I stay away from student housing. I stay away from a lot of other good ways to make money. But for me, I said, well, you know what? If I'm going to make my business um, Armageddon proof, okay, then uh, what is the only thing people need are going to need? Well, they're going to need, uh, you know, food, water, and they're going to need a, a roof over roof their head. Over their head, for sure. Yeah. So sure. that's kind of been my model going into it. And I think for the most part, this is why, um, you know, April 1st came and, and we were uh, successful in collecting uh, the majority of our rents. I would say 95% of our rents. There's that 5% uh, that uh, for whatever reason, you know, they weren't either unable or uh, maybe some of the government benefits uh, we're late or, you know, they're going to come in on the 15th or 16th. And we, and we, and we can work with those people. Of course, we, right. all, we always have to be sympathetic. But, um, you know, for the most part, you know, we, you know, we can sleep. You can, we're not worried about our asset class. It doesn't matter what's happening in the market because we know that those rents are, are going to come in. And so if someone right now is going to be, is in, uh, is in trouble where for whatever reason they cannot, uh, their tenants uh, can't, you know, pay their rent or whatever, I would say go right into communication mode. Right. Communicate with your tenants. Work with them. See what's happening. Don't put your head in the, in the, in the sand. Um, this is not time to be relaxed. Take action. Uh, call them. See what's happening. Of course, we need to be sympathetic about what, you know, the situation and, you know, but they need to understand that rent is rent, uh, tenant agreement. It is a legal binding agreement. And at some point they will have to come up with this rent. And so you don't want to be in a situation where you, they're too far behind and they'll never be able to catch up. Right. Right. Uh, there's a lot of miscommunication uh, coming from the government on the government from the government's point of view, where they're telling people, "Oh, your landlords are getting deferrals," which is not true. Um, not all landlords are getting deferrals, and for any landlords out there, if you don't need this deferral, don't take it. Exactly, uh, you're making the situation worse. Just if you believe that if your tenant has the ability to pay the rent and they don't pay the rent, if you believe that's wrong. It's the same goes for you, right? What goes around comes around. So if you absolutely need this deferral, I would say, you know, call your, your, uh, your lender, your, your, your institution, and uh, make arrangements. But make sure before you make that arrangement that there's not going to be any penalties or your, your credit is not going to be harmed in any way or this is not going to, you know, be uh, a little... Uh, black mark against uh, you borrowing money in the future. So I would have all those things and I would take all those things into consideration before getting a deferral. The best thing to do is communicate with your tenants and work with them. Thank you so much. It's true, right? As you said, it's sort of a shared responsibility, tenant and landlord. So keep the line of communication open 
And, you know, tenant at the end of the day, if you're a tenant, even if you defer for so long, you don't want to put yourself in a position where you will never be able to catch up. So do your best in coming up with something and coming up with an agreement with your landlord. And um, so this is really all good. And if you don't have to take the defer, don't take the defer. And frankly, you know, although the landlord tenant board uh, right now, they're not taking any notice application, but all that will be lifted. And you don't want to put yourself in a position where as a tenant, you're now after all COVID-19, you're in a position where you have to be evicted uh, because you continue not paying, right? So long story short, let's all work together um, through these very difficult time. Uh, so much wealth, so much knowledge. We could sit here all day, Alfonso. <laughs> but Absolutely. I know that you know, your time that. is valuable. And uh, we'll have to definitely have you back on the podcast, you know, maybe post COVID-19 to kind of see how people have leveraged, how you've leveraged and what other advice you have. Uh, the only other question that I have for you, Alfonso, and this is kind of like a question that I ask at the end. Um, so if there was a list of priorities, what would you put as the most important to the least important? Three things, power, love, and wealth. That's very hard. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say love, number one, right? Uh, love is the, the closest thing uh, if you were, you know, and, I, and, and I'm a spiritual person. I believe in God and, and um, the closest way to the, the, the closest description would be love. And I think that I would put that number one. And everything else, I think, will, will you know, I, I, any any other one could, you know, what did you say? Power, power wealth. Power, Love, power, wealth. Yeah, I think any of those are interchangeable. Right. Uh, but uh, I think love, number one. I absolutely love it. There you have it, everyone. Wisdom from Alfonso Quadra. Make sure to follow his YouTube channel called Alfonso Quadra, spelled A-L-F-O-S. No, let me say that again. A-L-F-O-N-S-O-C-U-A-D-R-A. Subscribe and click the bell button so that you can get any update when he posts stuff on there. And make sure to follow us on Instagram as well at financially underscore savvy girl for daily motivations for your personal finance and updates on our upcoming events, including when the, the, the band, the isolation is uh, lifted, the event where we will have uh, Mr. Quadra as one of our guest speaker and also follow the podcast financially savvy girl on Spotify, Apple podcasts and anchor and sign up for a newsletter at www.financiallysavvygirl.ca. Until next time. Thank you so much, Alfonso. Thank you. Aki. Take hold of your freedom. Take hold of your future with the finance. Savvy girl